You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, and welcome back to Why I'll Never Make It. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is my bonus conversation with Broadway's Douglas Sills as he answers the final five questions. All right, so here we are at the final five questions. Number one, if you could have any other job outside of the arts, what would it be? I think I would probably be a veterinarian or I think I would like to have had a job in finance as, as you know, in the hedge, hedge fund world and then had a foundation that I would run to give money away. But I would like to be a vet, that seems fun. Or, or like a vet in Africa like where wildlife is. You know, because I've been watching these zoo programs and they literally go from a porcupine to a rhinoceros and everything in between. Yes, my addiction. You know, people say, oh, I watch The Great British Bake Off or I watch Family Guy. My addiction is veterinarian shows, and, yeah. which includes that zoo show. There's a couple zoo shows. So um, I love watching them. I mean, sometimes it's gory and sometimes it's sad, but I love that. But my, I've always dreamed of, sort of getting away from it all and being where it counts. So as far as professionally, number two, what is a bucket list role or show that you want to do one day? Yeah, I would say Harold Hill and Richard III. Very different roles. And um, Henry Higgins. Why are mm-hmm. all those H's? Harold Hill, Henry Higgins. What, where, what the hell? <laughs> What's with all the H's? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Is there a role that's like, this is the role that I could do for the next 10 years and be happy with? Ah, uh, no. I don't know if I'd like to do them for 10 years, but I can imagine like three or four roles hitting them two or three times over the course of my life that I've left. Like playing Richard III or Cyrano or Strindberg, the father. You know, there are a lot of those that you want to do. And then you want to revisit it again a few years later when you know what it is and it's a different thing and you're a different person. You can bring more grr and ziz, I like to say. Like zzz. Um, so yeah, there are, there are some roles. Would I love to do Harold Hill? Yeah, do I think I'm great for it? Yeah, I should have. But you know, that's not gonna happen now. It's just not because Hugh's about to do it. And I mean, could I go to somewhere else and do it? I suppose, yeah. But you know, those settings are sometimes frustrating unless you have the right mindset you know they might not have the facility or I've been in situations where with the best of intentions maybe the the um, venue didn't have everything to make it a great experience Mm. Um, but I'm glad I did it. Number three who do you look up to as a mentor or someone that inspires you? You know I'm a curious person that kind of sets myself in the positions I always assume everyone knows what they're doing and so I'm always looking for lessons from the people around me whether it's sitting at a table having a reading like, oh God, that per-, or I'm in an audition room waiting to go in and I'm like, of course it should be that person, not me. That person's perfect. Um, there were role models for the business that sort of excited me like Robert Preston and Jerry Orbach. I have a couple friends who have qualities that I admire and, and, and uh, try to learn from, if not their entire persona. Um, you know, there was a producer named um, Whitehead, Robert Whitehead, I think was his name. 
and he was sort of a gentleman and he, he, he got into the project and that kind of approach to the work really interested me too. You know, people I look up to now, like in my life, I, you know, my dad's gone. I had a mentor, a friend who passed away this past year. He was 72. Um, what did that mentor, the one who passed away, what was it that he taught you? Or He taught me how to look at the world as an artist and not to be afraid to do so. He lived this bohemian artist's life. He figured out a way to make a living. He was a professor, a very esteemed professor, but he was also a painter. And he, would, he had these, this duality in his life. He would have both and they, they fed each other. Um, he was an art teacher, but he, he, at a, you know, he created this incredible program at an esteemed university, but he was an artist. And, and you know, Carnegie Hall was everything to him and painting and, and the history of paint. And he was a real person who lived with joie de vivre in a lot of ways, fearless. He taught me fearlessness as an artist, I think, that it's okay. I love that. Um, so this bleeds into number four, name a lesson or trait that either took you a while to learn or one that you're still working on today. So many, so many. Um, getting up off the mat and continuing to try at something, even though you have it appears to you that you have failed repeatedly to continue to try. Perseverance in the face of apparently insurmountable odds on a problem, whether it's in your love relationship, whether it's at work, everybody's daunted, but they use the expression undaunted to continue to, to try in the face of difficult situation. Um, taking responsibility, not being a victim, recognizing it's all within your control to some degree. Obviously, if you, God forbid, are sick with something, you know, can you control that? No, but you can control the way you cope with it and take responsibility for your feelings. So I'd say those are two big ones. And this leads us to the last one, number five. What's the best advice that you've received, either uh, professionally or just in, in your life personally? <laughs> <laughs> Think back about all those wise sages and rabbis that have come to you and said, now, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um, the check's in the mail. Right. Uh, right. No excuses. No excuses. That's, that's the best. Like, if you want it, stop blaming everything and other people. And if only he would have, or if I could have had the chance to, it's like, yeah, whatever. No excuses. Go in, learn about it, work harder, try again. Um, stop strategizing your career. Don't worry so much, well, this isn't going to lead to this, and maybe something will come along that will be, there's a TV, it's pilot season, maybe I shouldn't take. That has not been successful for me. Yeah. Don't strategize or don't over-strategize. Most of the time, your personal life should come first. Take the work that's in front of you. And work breeds work. Yeah. Even if it's not a job that you want, the job you want may come as a result of it. Somebody saw you, he worked with, oh, you know who I saw. I just worked with him, you know. Yeah, that's one of the ones that has taken me a while to learn is that grass is greener mentality. I'm always seeing, well, well what, what's on that side? I mean, I, I know I'm here, but, but I, I see that ridge. And if I get to that ridge, then, then that's, that's where it is. 
And I'm always thinking <laughs> that that ridge that's where it is right, right. Whatever it is going to be. But if I get to that ridge, that's that uh, man, that's yeah. going to be. I mean, listen, I think we do. You want to aspire. It's important to have goals, but I do it at a detriment to what I'm actually working on or what I have with me now. You know, when I was coming up, getting a guest star spot on television was a huge deal. And I'll never forget the first several times you get it and you're like, oh my God, it's like, you're out of the woods, you're out of the line, you're out of the, you think you're, I'm going to the wizard, I'm, I've arrived. And you get there and there's a big, nice craft service table. You got your name on the little door. And what would you like for breakfast, Mr. Sills? And we're going to do this. Is this okay with you? And how about rehearsing the A-team? And you're like, well, well, yes, but you sit in your trailer for eight hours. You don't get three takes. You're lucky if you get two takes. There's no rehearsal. There's a blocking thing where you get sit here and then why don't you get up and go over here? Okay, let's run it one more time. Okay, B team in. And you finish the day and you've done very little and a lot of waiting. And you're not really an important asset on the set in terms of, you know, the core cast, the regulars are really, they're all struggling for status between each other. You're the last thing on everybody's mind. I mean, people are nice and professional, but you think, this is what we were all striving for. This is the where it's at. That was a big, there is no there there. That's the lesson. There's no there. There's no over that ridge. The, you're on the ridge. And no matter where you are, there's 10 people who think, I want to be where he is, mm -hmm. right? It's like dieting. You know, stopping smoking, it's easy. You stop. That's it. It's over. But with dieting, you're, you have to eat. You just have to eat less. Well, in the same way, you have to aspire. You have to have goals. You want to keep moving forward, but you don't want to not live in the present yeah. and recognize that the problems you have today, you're still going to have when you're a television star or when you're, you get that Broadway show. You know, If you hate yourself or you're miserable or you're lonely or you're depressed, that stuff does not go away when you get there. Do you feel like someone that people aspire to be, that you're a ridge for some people? Oh, sure. I'm sure. I mean, just because I understand the physics of existence. I mean, I have a ridge. There's people living up there on that ridge. I'm sure I must be a ridge for somebody who's looking. But if somebody wants to know that there's no ridge where I'm standing, just call me. I'll tell you. <laughs> there's no ridge. The world is not flat. It's round. Yes, there are things to aspire to. So if they're aspiring to be on my ridge, that's good. And I've been fortunate and I have a lot of success. But not to the exclusion of being present in your life. I love that. That's that's a great a great summary to end on. I like that. Yeah. This, yeah. This is going to be fun. When I go back to edit this one, this is going to be a lot of fun to <laughs> piece together. <laughs> but no, it was it was great to just like talk to you again. It's been so long since we've just been able to sit you down. You look the same, but you seem more in your skin. Well, we both are. We're older. Well, it's it, it's interesting. As you were saying that about about finding happiness, and that's something that over the last year, I've I've had to realize I I wasn't happy and what that meant, and why, but then also, not putting pressure on myself that I need to figure this out now, you know, just kind of be like, well, let's see what comes and what that what that means, and then see how I react to that, you know. So it's it's more me trying to figure out, well. I, 
I know I, I like performing because when I'm on stage, I enjoy it. I enjoy the cast camaraderie, you know, so there are things about that. But when it, like the last four weeks, I haven't auditioned. There's self tapes. There's, you know, things quote unquote happening that I could do, but I just like going to an audition website just seems, I, do, I, I don't even want to think about it, you know? But, but then I see all these other people and like, you need to be doing this every day. You need to be working. You need to be, I'm like, it just seems like so much. Well, if you're ready and when you're ready, you will. And yeah. you know, I get it. I totally get it. I think that's also a Corona thing. I think we were all saying, I gotta be productive. I should be doing this. I should, you know, yes, I suppose. And no, like just be where you are. And these are unheard of times. And I mean, you're being creative by doing this podcast. You know, I think it's great. Yeah. And then this leads to other things. You know, you just never know what's going to open as a result. And you just never know. Just yeah. enjoy it. Try and be in the moment. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver Jones, and I'll see you next time on Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.